What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. What's going on people? I'm Almas Badat and alongside Aaron Christian and Ruben Christian, we make the What Is This Behaviour podcast. Today we're thinking into the future. Diversity is an important topic, right? But what if everyone around us was brown? Would we feel less alone? What kind of diversity do we want? What even is diversity? Lots of questions and hilarious chat as ever. So I'm just going to press play. Run it. What is this behaviour? Oh, let's talk about society, man. What are we talking about with society today? Well, we don't. We haven't landed in the title of the episode, but I think one of the drivers or the initial conversations or chats potentially that would have led to this episode was talking about our crew. Um, so shall I give the little bit of the minute backstory onto this? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Dive yeah. into it because it feels like Almas has got loads of like has more depth on this side of things i kind of just sparked it and then it kind of no not um, really i just got more questions man but so which is a sign of a good like a good talking point potential yeah yeah so yeah um so yeah a few i wouldn't even say weeks now months ago i had a really really small little shoot for a super small brand um i mainly took the shoot on because of uh the intent of this company and what their mission was and stuff um so yeah so it was one of these small shoots um and so the crew was pretty small it wasn't uh Mm. it's one of those crews that i could bring on maybe some less experienced people to to kind of train them up a little bit and blood them um, and work with different crew members as well that i wanted to and while we was driving down to it was out of london um one of the members of crew was like oh i've never been on these type of like professional sets i think they've just done like personal projects and music videos and stuff Mm. um and they're like oh how is it um how's it rocking up for you with a whole crew where everyone's um a poc a person of color um and not white and it threw me off because I was just like, oh, shit, I'd never. It was like, How does that make you feel? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, and obviously, I floated in different spaces where the whole crew are POC, when the crew are mixed, when the crew are heavily white. And I've always just felt that whenever I'm on set for, with my commercial clients, I'm there because, one, I'm good um, and I should be in that room. And I tend to hire crew based on their energy and their drive, not necessarily all the time skill set, because I think specifically within film, you can have talent, but it's about um, a huge, huge part is about communication and collaboration. And for me, the sets I like to have is, as little ego as possible so that's how i choose my my uh, crew and then also i'm very aware of the fact that the film industry is pretty behind in diversity so i will go out my way to try to hire um women or pocs um on crew so but yeah in terms of turning up i don't feel an extra set of like extra pressure so it was really interesting and they were just like oh yeah it just feels like they felt that it was different but they felt it was different in a good way like in that once they kind of got over that everyone is just doing their thing and performing the roles that they needed to perform but it did get me to think like how do other people think about it and is is that attention that's on set do you have to overperform? um where are we as a society or industries in terms of you know, uh, that being the, the norm um, and not a thing that we should be thinking about. So, yeah, that's just mm-hmm. how I felt, really. Um, mess. And we we, we yeah. also oh, are on as well. Just, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, we, we also um, had a question, didn't we? We were like, oh, if that's the case, your whole team's South Asian, 
And imagine if that was replicated. They weren't South Asian, though, bases. by the way. They were oh, sorry. Groups. There were three, three South course, Asians right. and one was Arabic. Um, okay, sorry. People of colour. Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, your whole team's um, for the peeps of colour. And that is happening in all sorts of industries. Now what? Like, is this, are we sorted? Or what else are we looking for? How do we still move towards diversity? What is diversity, even? Mm. <laughs> so the, like, the questions are gone. Right well, back. diversity back in the day was the dance group, innit? From Britain's Got oh, Talent. Yeah, this was this this was this was before we used diversity as as a ter- as a identifying term. Now, really, it, it, in, in the, the mainstream consciousness. Well, yeah, well, well, that's what I experienced because when we, because do you, do you remember when diversity came out? It was like, oh, diversity, like they're on Britain's Got Talent, they're a sick dance group. Mm. I didn't ever think, oh, like diversity are named after the thing that we do at work. No, I never made like, it. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, like diversity in my mind first popped into my mind with the dance group, and oh, then everything God. changed. So shout out to the dance group for bringing shout out to them <laughs> and and their strategist. Who was obviously intentional with helping them name that, whoever that was. Yeah, which is which in itself, like if we look at them as a dance crew, How right? How can they not win? It would be <laughs> wrong to lose. <laughs> and, and like they um they they beat Susan Boyle, I think. And um they as a group, do you think they were called diversity because Susan they yeah, and do you think they, they won or they worked as a group because each of them had a different thing in their arsenal as dancers. Because I, one thing I remember is the, that the, the young guy, he's not young anymore, the one with the afro and the glasses. The back-flipping baby. Yeah, the back-flipping baby, yeah. He was always up in the air, but it only could have worked because of his size at the time. And, yeah. you know, like, when you're thinking about teamwork, right? Yeah. So, like, if we think about the actual definition of diversity... Rubes, have you got that up? The definition, yes, yeah. we have. Let's run to that. So, according to QCC, Queensborough Community College's yeah, <laughs> the yeah, definition yeah. of diversity. It means understanding that each individual is unique and recognizing our individual differences. These can be along the dimensions of race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, age, physical abilities religious beliefs, political beliefs, and other ideologies. So this is about what the body looks like in terms of stature, colour, as well as the mind and how it operates. Mm. Beliefs, ideologies, value systems. So it's a real holistic approach to diversity, which I Mm. think is, yeah, that's the nearest to what I believe the truth is when we're calling diversity. And we're talking about diversity in like the human sense because people use diversity in like in biology, for example, or you know, it's just a word that means like varied, right? Like different things in one mm. space, different opinions, mm. people, species, whatever and it is. Are we are we um kind of narrowing it down even more? Because like obviously there's two things, right? Like on these we've got like questions here as we're like doing this pod and a lot I'm seeing POC here. POC obviously standing for people of colour. And a lot of these questions are related like with crew and teams of PO colour. That's not necessarily just, that's a specific arm of the diversity, right? Because we're mm-hmm. not covering maybe disability or other class, stuff like that. Like class, yeah. this, income. Do you know what? In my mind, um, I'm like, I wish Taz was in this conversation, my friend Taz Latif. But we're going to bring her on for another episode because this yeah. is her yeah, this is her full time okay. gig, and she's great at schooling me <laughs> on the things I miss out when it comes to diversity. Yeah, but yeah, it's all let's those get things. Her on. Man. Get her on. Yeah, yeah, get her on. Get her get on. Taz is already. She's in the hit list. She knows, man. Yeah, she can't run from <laughs> so us. So, why do you think diversity is associated with race so heavily now? Well, I I feel the obvious answer is since Black Lives Matter, I think that was a catalyst to. El- I don't know if it elevates the word, but clearly amplify the public conversation, public discourse around it. It was already, it was always happening in fringe spaces where people what, are doing the lack work. of or the the abundance of of diver- Um, well, the lack of 
Mm. The problem that needs fixing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just casting myself back to like maybe six or seven years ago when, when for, I'm going to talk about creative spaces because that's where I really move, right? But yeah. in employment and creative spaces, it was really a novelty to have another person who basically was a person, uh, not a white person. Yeah. Um, you you hesitated team. on person of color there. That's no, what I, no, no. Do you know what I was going to say is um, when someone that I used to work with went into a boardroom meeting with a major, major, major brand right. and said and the project was around um, women of color. Right. Speci- uh, actually, no, it was around women of all color. So inclusive black and non-black communities right. and the board member or the, the commissioners or the client were all white, right. majority white. And so this colleague said um, for the purpose of this presentation, we're not going to refer to people of color and white people. We're going to refer to people of color and people of no color. Oh, wow. And let's see how that changes the dynamics of the conversation and how you feel about yourself. Um, Very interesting exercise, isn't it? Well, yeah. It, it's like the, the the descriptors are that they lack something. Is that is that? <laughs> so that's that's like a first like and yeah okay cool so that's like the first thought yeah because that's also i was like wait why does that feel negative right and it's because that person or that other that other group might be lacking something but actually deeper than that i think what what happens is when you have people of color and people of no color as two terms it makes them connected and it makes me think about when you have the word white and then or european and then you have people of color it makes the groups very disconnected it's more hazard in a way yeah like both like both of them are though as well they're sort of put further apart like you've got one group over here and one group over here mm. but if you have people of color and people of no color it highlights what the thing is that you're actually using to define which yeah. is color and race so there's this hyper focus on what our skin tone is in a workplace, which in mm. itself makes us really like, oh, I need to see if there's someone around because that's the that's the main like signifier of comfort, for example, mm. or community. Um, and then it highlights how many of us aren't in those spaces, which makes us more focused on getting more of people with brown skin in those spaces. So it's like this like mm. cycle, right? Um, when actually, it obviously does matter to have, actually, well, it's not obvious. We can talk about why it matters to have other brown people in the space. But in addition to that, we have so many different kinds of diversity. Where So so just having a South Asian person in the room is not enough sometimes. Because for me, a big thing is finding a South Asian person that's also um, not middle class or upper class. And that's, that's a so big mad, thing. It's so mad that you say, yeah, because there, there are different levels on that as well. Yeah, it? and then another big factor, yeah, is in my mind. I don't know if this is actually a phrase now, but in my mind, I'm like, is that person BLM? If they're not BLM, yeah, I can't. What do you mean by if like, they're BLM? Like, this is what I mean. I haven't like it's not an actual thought, so it doesn't necessarily make sense to the masses. But in my mind, I'm thinking, are you on side? Are you standing up, or are you on side are, are with Black Lives Matter? Yeah, or are you Preeti Patel? Because then mm. that's where the skin tone thing goes out of the window. Because mm. yeah, I could have ideologies and values. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So then, so the I think the skin tone is like the first step, and then yeah. straight away there's a couple of things I've got in my mind. Like, is that person on side when it comes to <laughs> race politics? Are they homophobic yeah. or not? Um, is is it going to and all, and this is all because maybe it's because the question is i'm asking myself can i exist freely in this space or in this company that's what actually what i'm assessing is my safety or comfort can i ask you a question i've got another to build on our message as well no Uh, ask the question no because my my thing was it was like when you're putting say you're working on a set uh, in the capacity mm. as a photographer or a director rather than a DJ, right? So you've got a project or you're, or mm-hmm. you're commissioned or something. Um, I guess there's a few questions. One, do you get to choose your team? Do you have a say in choosing your team? And when you're choosing your mm-hmm. team, how much of how much time 
are you spending thinking about all of these things? Should Is you be spe- spending room? all of this time thinking? Well, I think I think actually, yeah, it could be to the room actually because you... it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, what? Yeah, why don't you? I don't want to throw it back at you, but I'm actually interested in. <laughs> and do you know why? It's because I spoke for a long time. That's why. So yeah, like, yeah, actually, okay, no, no, because no, no, because I have I have actually got a lot of things to say on it, and it yeah. has evolved uh, and and actually it's it's got to a point where it's I don't know if I'm actually getting better so well, yeah Rubes so and I can jump when, in. Yeah, yeah yeah so when I'm putting teams together I think I've always had right like in terms of I actually look at when I was run by this kind of philosophy do you know do it when no one's looking so before this thing was like current in the zeitgeist we were doing India and it was always about trying to put put maybe people that had less opportunities was the, the main driver and it happened to be POCs at that point. So from India to the Asian man stuff, when I'm putting like actual crews together, yeah, I did think about that. And I think the first thing actually was before POCs was gender. So I always found that there was less uh, women in um, roles such as camera and lighting. And again, I'm just speaking about film and that side of things, right? So I'd go out my way, try to really find camera operators camera operators trainees acs gaffers sparks and it was fucking difficult and it did actually just mean extra work which i was just like i'm fucking doing this and like doesn't anyone even care but i think i i did i was like no i think like i I think it means something to to, because if i ever have kids and if i have um a daughter or something they should still be able to look and be oh i can be a cinematographer or whatever so i did do that but then recently, sometimes when things get busy and those people aren't available, there's been a set where it's like, I looked around, it's like, oh, fucking hell, it's all dudes. And then I started feeling like, shit, is that, if, that is, if that's the first time a talent is, and this was a big celebrity female talent, right? Huge actress. And I was like, fuck, she's going to see me and see the crew that I've put together and that they're all dudes. And I'm like, that isn't reflective of like 90% of my shoots, but on this one it is. So I just had this extra anxi- anxiety. Um, so yeah, and like, and it also comes down to time as well. Like sometimes like people aren't available, but mm. I know it's in the micros and as long as you're making the effort, but it's also mm. on optics as well. People can mm-hmm. see that. Added to that, again, we shot another huge, and I'm not gassing myself here, I'm just lucky to be have one client that, that feeds work, me man. some, some <laughs> decent uh, celeb work, but we had a huge uh, celebrity, she's East Asian, and um, yeah, on the day, I realised that most of my crew were East Asian, and I was like, when I say East Asian people from um, China, Philippines, uh, Korea, Hong Kong, that type of stuff, right? Um and I was like, this wasn't an actual conscious effort. But I was like, is this good or bad? Like, I don't even have to take this now. Like, oh maybe she's God. like, yeah. oh, he's put together this he's crew. just that. Yeah. But the huge thing was she was of a much different class. So there was wow. a little, to be honest, that like the main interaction, it was a small setup, the main interaction between me and her so I could I felt I'd done a good job kind of making her feel comfortable and speaking and interacting the rest of the crew didn't need to interact so they didn't really need to speak or even like have a you know have a discourse so there potentially wasn't any difference between whether they're working class or middle class or upper class but yeah there was definitely that and I was like it just got me thinking at lunch while I was in the set I was like man there's all these different layers man um and then you know, am I doing a good job? And yeah, uh, yeah you know, I haven't, I haven't learned anything new, but it's good to just speak you, to you guys about it. Yeah, that's such an interesting and entertaining point from you, Aaron. Man, I remember on this second journey, I went back into therapy, lockdown three, because um, I had some challenges I was dealing with, and I came out after a couple of months, and I'm all blessed. And I remember when I left this second journey of therapy, I was like to our therapist, to Kevin, I was like these are all the things I've got going on. These are the things I want to work on. I know I can't change this stuff overnight. What's the best way to move forward in and, and how to be in the world as someone that's trying to work towards growth? And his answer was really, really poignant. He was like, as long as you, you can't change everything, right? But as long as you live and try to remain in an examined state most mm. of the time, that's, that's improvement and that's you edging towards doing better work. 
Do you know what I mean? So the yeah. fact that you're aware of it, you're bringing it yeah. up, it's on your mind. Because when it's on your mind, it leads to new questions, which leads to new yeah. actions, which is changes in behaviour. And ultimately, if we're all on that, changes in culture. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, sick, yeah, man. Yeah. I um, yeah. Just to quickly step back a second to Almas's point about safety. Um, it's about feeling safe and we'll feel safe if there's more people like us in the space because it signals that we're okay to be here and we're safe to be here. I totally get that. A thought that crossed my mind the other day and I was just thinking in my mind before I was about to vocalise this. I was like, shall I name the place? But I just, let me try and let me try something different and not name the place. Usually I don't business, I'll just name the place. Um, but it's a place, it's, let's just call it um, private members club or working space, right? That at times I frequent. Um, <laughs> so on the app, for this place recently i noticed <laughs> on on the app for this place yeah Ruth, I, how many private members places a couple <laughs> about six about i've been in the creative game for a minute man so on the app yeah. all right ruben <laughs> so so on the app yeah on the app where you can book workshops or whatever i'm seeing so many people of color that if I didn't know this place, I would have thought it's the fucking youth club down the road in Stratford. I was like, oh, shit. It's like everyone's yeah. down there. But when I go into the space, it is a lot of the yeah, times different. the yeah. polar fucking opposite. And so I'm left with questions. And the questions, because the questions are, you're making an effort to publicly project yes yeah, so is it performative basically um, yeah 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 isn't it? yeah is it yeah is it performative i don't know but then i don't know if it is man because you can work as if the pro, if the majority of your space it has always been white right and you're really trying to make change now so on comms externally you're putting people mm. of color yeah, you're trying to program them to do things and be in the venue but if those people still are not coming in and it's still the majority of white people that are coming in it's easy to point a yeah, finger at yeah, the place, yeah, yeah, and yeah, sometimes true. I don't, I don't know. Like, is it progress or is it? Performance? I think these are great questions. That's a really, yeah, really good questions because, um, wait, Ruben, were you finished? Yeah, is it progress? Yeah. is it is it progress or is it performance? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it is it performative or is it progress? Right, because something that I've realised is when we're talking about representation and when people really uphold representation, representation only works if like the work underneath like is also coming through. But also representation is often the first step so the work underneath can come through. I was going to say that, yeah. Change is very incremental, isn't it? Because this is still testament to change, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we... we often need to see, so we talk about like, let's say black superheroes or South Mm. Asian superheroes. Mm. And that's representation in terms of entertainment. And why is that? Because we can then feel connected to media or do we feel like maybe, well, we can, you know, when you see someone, you're like, oh, well, maybe I could be a stand-up comedian if I wanted to. No, that's it. It's about stories. Um, (laughs) Stories of possibility. (laughs) Diversify in the palette. Yeah, stories of possibility. Exactly. And Mm. then... Then it's and what the question actually that interests me the most is you saying, well, what's the disconnect between the representation and then yep. the people still not accessing the space? Because yep. if the people still are not accessing the space, then after representation, what is what is the thing that people need? Yeah. To to feel comfortable to frequent, because yeah. I think what we're what you're touching on is then what access and the nuances of diversity then look like. Because when I move in in a members club, now I don't give a shit. Like if I'm going in a tracksuit or whatever, I'm like, let me just go. That That's still Weird. though. I feel that way now as well, you know, man. Yeah, but I was going to say, am I still caveat that with thinking there's still a certain kind of tracksuit? Like, so I... I there's a certain code still. There's still a certain code. And I think the code is about like signalling... Um, how maybe like cultured of thought I am. How, this, sorry, go on, Rubes. This no, no, this is it. Um, like, because cult- my style is yeah. Sorry, uh, no, we're all talking because we're excited. Um, culture of thought because the same tracksuit I can wear in a members club. I might be wearing a tracksuit in a members club, but the tracksuit doesn't necessarily signal comfortability in ends because I mm. still live in ends. Mm, so, but mm. but if I walk down the road then I look like a gentrifier, even though I still live in the same place that I've lived in all my life. Mm. But it's so it's... What, in the tracksuit? 
Yeah, because the track. The, what I'm saying is, the, the, either the type of tracksuit I'm wearing or the way I've styled it is still different from like how yeah. actually how we, wearing like a would have worn a tracksuit at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah, even yeah, just like a Nike tracksuit. Like me and my brother can wear tracksuits, but we'll look completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's so true in it. There's like ends tracksuits, and then there's, there's JW like... Anderson posh. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. me, I'll yeah. definitely. I am wearing right now <laughs> like i went to cos to buy tracksuits oh, so they i can you, wear tracksuits to my meetings mad. and then mad. i'm also treated differently but this we're going i'm going off topic now no 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 but, this isn't a, off topic this well, is all within the realms of this conversation i was got on an ad yeah that you and aaron and even myself to an extent can walk in these spaces now and just feel ourselves but do you know how fucking long it's taken us to feel yeah, that just to feel yeah. In order, yeah in order to get there we've had to become really good at what we do in our individual class crafts we it's have to battle our own yeah. fucking self-doubt within this industry and get yeah. so far on the other side of that belief system that now we can walk through so there then we can circle feel back ourselves. to ourselves yeah exactly exactly right? and that was imagine if you're about new that to that, that space how sorry. intimidating is that you're new to the yeah. industry you're yeah. just gone in you don't know what's going on yeah yeah man. No, you're you're, you won't come back right. it's just you... not safe for you and i think yeah what's scary about <laughs> that is when... psychologically no psychologically no, you don't feel at home yeah because you, it takes you so much to go there learn the language understand the rules of the game yeah. and then still choose to come back to self yeah. i think is a really like we should give people more credit for being their authentic selves in those spaces because i know i feel the pull of like my um like my cultural references maybe changing or just like the way that i talk like becomes more refined and that's something i learned code switching from a young age from my mom and that again is i think comes back down to like comfort safety and respect Although, and that, and I realized that because when I was around more South Asian people that weren't working class, I then had this added layer of like, oh shit, like I'm not sure if like I'm of value as much as this person who has had mm. Ox, Oxbridge um, education and their dad's mm. a doctor and mm. this kind of stuff because my mum and my family are have been, been mainly labourers and if they've been working in education then it's in like in government education and even then it's not as a teacher it's as admin so the a access points has been really different and my I have felt like I didn't belong in that space mm. so it's I'm really I get really excited when I'm when I see more people that are from a, like a working class background that are also South Asian. And the one of the reasons is because we also in in the in ends, like we really live like close in London specifically, all of our communities are like overlapping. So you'll see like a Caribbean shop next to an Indian takeaway, next to a Chinese takeaway, next to a Brazilian thing, like everything's just next to next door to each other. So in my mind, and this is a, an assumption that can be dangerous, is if I find someone else that's working class and brown, they are gonna have similar cultural references or at least respect for myself and other cultures, which is not always the case, but it's definitely the most basic signal that I get in a space. Um, and that goes back to Aaron's thing about creating a crew. So I reckon, for some projects, it's really useful because if you're working on what, a, what's useful, uh, it's uh, to to orchestrate or like cast a crew. Basically, mm, the mm. idea of casting a crew, I think, is something we we don't probably don't talk about as much, but it is really important. Mm. There's a there's a business there's a project title on that because cast there's a and crew the cast that's yeah. And I first saw that when I worked in um, summer camp. And the professor that was running, so the camp director was also a historian and he was a professor, he's a tenured professor. And he's one of the only African-American tenured professors in America. His name is Usman Power Green. Man, and man. a lot of, yeah, he's really a G because he, with soft power really shifted a lot of my views around race and politics and opened mm. my, I really was the first steps like before, before 2020's BLM, like, maybe six years prior he started to shift my mindset what i clocked yeah 
we were looking after children from um, inner city New York, um, African-American, black children as well. And I'm separating the two because some some people weren't African-American, some kids weren't Latina. We didn't really have South Asian, but definitely like majority were non-white. And I would say like 98% of children were not white. And um, the staff that he picked, yeah, he let's say you got 100%. He'd done about 30 to 40% were from, were uh, counsellors from inner city New York as well. And then the rest of the people, when I tell you, you had, you had a white man from Bristol who was very openly gay. You mm. had Al Maspadat from N South Asian, <laughs> close proximity to, to blackness. But mm. you also had a South Asian guy from like Nottingham. Then you had German you like actually from German Germany. Then you had you had someone who completely did not speak English. These are people that are actually meant to be looking after the kids, yeah? yeah. So we had people from New Zealand, Australia, like there were definitely majorities because it depends on who's um who's applying as well, which is another chat, right? In sourcing crew. But I remember looking at the crew and being like, Whoa, he has cast yeah. the his staff force to offer diversity at every single point to these children who some of these kids have not actually left the city of New York at all. So Mm. not only are they getting diversity in education because we're out in the sticks, so they're they're learning how to build campfires, they're meeting animals for the first time, they're eating different foods. They're actually having a chat with someone from China. Yeah, like on a so or they're, they've they're, let's one of the biggest things I found was some of the kids were had homophobia ingrained in them. These kids were like eight, eight to 12 years old, so really young, but mm. they just knew that anything aside from hyper masculine was wrong in their minds. So yeah. then to have the captain, the lifeguard, the main guy who was the white, um, queer man who painted his toenails and dyed his hair pink, but in an, a place of authority was a really, I saw, yeah. what I saw was that it was a mind fuck for them in a Love good that. way 100%. because they were challenging all of this stuff every day. Yeah. Um, so that's an, a really good example of like casting crew or mm. staff and what outside of creative space and the mm. impact I saw it had on children from young. I guess what we're dealing with now is peer to peer, right? Um, Rubes, have you seen that in maybe your entertainment or edutainment spaces and what has that looked like because you're also actually a man of color who's also a mentor Mm. um before i even get into that i'm smiling because my my comedy brain's just gone straight to casino royale like when you cast them guys like every single one of those thieves (laughs) or whatever had a different skill set where they're from totally different places and also these are always foreign bro look at jafar like he's oh my god and and then you repeat yeah all right go on go on go on it it is a point and also what's the um what's the other thing on netflix that banged in 2020 all the red with the masks the money heist money heist i love money that's heist. that's diverse casting right there man you get shit mm. done that way man that's it end the podcast follow money heist and your team will be fine um all right to answer your question in regards to peer-to-peer so can you frame the question like can you distill it please because i think i know what you're asking me but i'm not certain um I don't think I'm certain either, which is great. Um, so I, I guess I, what I was saying was Aaron's example was from a crew. Um, mm. I gave an alternative education take on it. I, I do have opinions on crew, but I'm just, mm. I'm diversifying the conversation. Um, and then I guess like bringing your, ex- what I'm interested in is what your experiences are. If you have an example of mm. um, the impact of, uh, di- a diverse team across yeah. maybe like comedy or right. education or entertainment because right. you meet oh. you meet lots of people all the time and yep. you've also been you've like hosted a Tamil event and you don't speak one piece of Tamil so it, man I don't even understand it I'm the worst man. <laughs> so I'd love to hear your take on like because you, <clears> you know you've got you've had a you've had a you, ha- you not even you've had you're having a strong run of career yeah, um, all right, so uh, let, let me separate it just for simplicity for myself mm-hmm. and those that are listening, yeah? Um, I'll, ha- I'll give you an example from when I was in entertainment, specifically comedy. And now I'll give you an example of navigating these kind of spaces as an edutainer, right? Especially mm-hmm. alternative education. So in comedy, I came up 
um, as an entertainer, as a presenter, YouTuber, um, and a stand-up comic. Arguable stand-up comic. Um, mainly within the black space, right? In, right? in London. And what I saw there was a whole heap of talented comics that were, and for the most part still are, stuck in their own bubble. Um, and I didn't know that at the time because I too was in it. Right. It was like, yeah. the is it Plato's cave analogy? I didn't know what was outside of the cave because all we've ever seen is the cave and the shadows in the cave. Right. Yes. yes so yes. I'm like, this is what comedy is. You want to get up like I knew I knew some of the comics at the time, like the Kojos, the Dane Baptiste and Mo Gilligan's and even Kay Curd was in there. And I was like, shit, these are the comics um, that we that are doing great in the space. We, I, I want to move with these. These are my peers. And then I started doing the open mic circuit outside. And then I was like, oh. There's more comedy outside of this, obviously. So then I started doing gigs in and around London and I was not seeing any of these black comics in those spaces. These were now start. I've started to gig in white spaces. Right. So all my jokes, my isms, my cultural references were not landing in the white spaces. So I had to now recontextualize my ideas right. for this new audience right well because they weren't landing or like yeah they weren't landing because they just didn't get the culture they didn't right. get the isms they didn't get the slang sometimes i felt certain ideas were strong but i just had to speak their language so i had to reshuffle what i was using mm. for example which was labor for me because i'm not from that world but that's the majority world and if i didn't do that I'd either get up there and just hear tumbleweed for the rest of my fucking career <laughs> or I'd go back to the other circle. So I decided to just stay um, moving around in the mainstream circles and the white spaces just to kind of grow. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. um, and what I found is there's still a lot of comedians um, from especially that black comedy scene that I was part of back in the day that are still bubbling around in there, feel totally frustrated but don't know how to get out. And even if they did get out, they feel that they'll be starting from the bottom again. Mm. You know, so it's, it's is, kind of a trap. Question, is it is the changing... Is it because your um, audiences were majority non-POC? Like, as you what? were shifting, as you were moving out of those spaces? Like yeah. What? yeah, yeah, yeah. As you move out of those spaces, it's the, the audience becomes more diverse. Right. It's like, I, d I don't think you can make it as... In America, Chris Rock, um, and even at the time, Eddie Murphy, could be totally focused on black isms and culture mm. and go mainstream. Mm -hmm. In the UK, I don't think you can do that. Kojo's got a massive audience. A lot of his, his, his comedy is around black culture, right? He couldn't go mainstream until they brought him on that talent show, whatever it was, and all his jokes, he had to just make them a bit more middle ground to land. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what but I mean? That's just is, the, is the mainstream changing? Because going back to the Sunda episode, episode that we had, he was saying Sunda. he doesn't even want to fuck with the mainstream. Yeah. Because... The way the internet is shaping up. Yeah, no, that's a point. I mean, this is a totally wants. different nuanced conversation, but that's just one point. I've it, still no, got a point it, about the um, the educational spaces. But, um, yeah. All right, let, let me just I, input on this I, and I, then oh. education for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I all just right. wanted to say, uh, yeah, I think internet's a thing, um, but I think it's a really valid point um, that what in terms of our dialogue, and I say our, I mean people of colour inclusive of all people of colour, like we might own and find ways in the internet, but commercial is still like, is so different to America. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, well, I, I remembered because when I came back from LA, I was like, right, when I'm driving in LA, I can just run, run any, any, um, what's Tune. it called? Any radio station, like FM, yeah, station. And I know yeah. I'll find like, some some form of black music mm. and then i come here and it's like there's only like one or two options and so i've got to really think about what arm of black music i want to listen to mm. where it's about the, the commercial thing 
is really like well back then this was like three four years ago was like really lacking and then the other day they had the um day on telly right that was all um black shows and which which showed how to me which showed how how um lacking the rest of the year is like the 364 (laughs) days or whatever um and we haven't even touched on the like south asian identity within that (laughs) like we're we're, like we have so we have so many different forms of entertainment and content and Mm. there's not really a space and so the internet is almost like the pirate version because Mm. the internet's open source um it's like Ramesh Ranganathan couldn't have gone like if you look at Ramesh's content hardly any of it is focused on South Asian culture and any that is is taking a piss out of it yeah (laughs) do you know what I mean to self-hate to... in those spaces. No, I was going to say, to self-hate in those spaces really sells, and that's more wild. And I think it's changing, Mad. but it's that's wild. To take the piss out of yourself. Man, um, really well put, you know. Yeah, just a thought. Um, you know what Aaron, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Kind of st- I wanted to swing the conversation a little bit, because earlier when you were speaking about something, it raised this point, which... Um, which I actually wrote down this thing that I wanted to kind of put on LinkedIn, actually. Mm. I don't know where it stemmed from, but it was a frustration. So we haven't landed on the title of this episode, but I know it's around um, kind of like educating ourselves within this space. Are we doing the right things when we're like crewing up or or like building teams and things like that? So to to our non-POC listeners and um, followers and stuff. People of non-colour. (laughs) um yeah like it's it'll be interesting to 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 kind of um understand like how they are now educating themselves or like trying to yeah trying to educate themselves in this space and i had this point as well because i know um often like in a few of these traditional spaces Mm -hmm. there are non-pocs kind of leading it and they're trying to make an active change and Mm -hmm. one thing comes around um amplifying POC's voices to talk about diversity, right? So I, I, I'm going to read out this point um, and I will land, but let me know your thoughts on it, right? So I wrote yep. down here, not all POCs are allies for the diversity course, uh, cause. There are many that held lucrative senior public positions for many years that have benefited from being the only POC in the room, strategically positioning that as a point of difference. So a more diverse workforce doesn't actually benefit them. It frustrates me when I've seen certain individuals jump on the diversity course cause because they know their previous strategy is a sinking ship, especially when for years they were in positions to make change for others, Mm. but chose to protect their own positions. I'm going to caveat this by saying I also understand back then it may have been more difficult because there wasn't that much discourse around it. So just to go with that a little bit. But so for anyone looking for people to talk about the subject, please make sure you're checking the legacy and history that of these people it. you put on the panels. That or posters. is it. Stop. Wait, Ruben. I am finished. <laughs> the reason why I'm voicing this, this ain't it. Is, <laughs> There's more. The reason why I'm voicing this is I feel it truly hurts the cause when you have opportunists spreading a message rather than people that truly want to see change. When the cause is no longer serving them, they'll change their tune as quickly as they picked it up. If you care, do the work, do the research, don't be lazy for quick wins. Real progressive change, unfortunately, does take time. So yeah, it is a message to our listeners that aren't Where's that from, Aaron? That, that's my, I just wrote this down. I'm going to put this in a post um, on LinkedIn. You wrote this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, man. So I done it because I had seen certain that individuals stuff. recently jump on, jump on it, and it was just like I know the intent is bullshit, um, but for the people that are putting them on panels, maybe they don't know, and they're like, okay, this person is chatting sense, but it's a message to be like that could actually hurt the cause more if they're just using it as an opportunity to amplify their own position or, you know, brand, oh. personal brand or whatever. Oh. Um, so there is a bit of work in there. I wonder, um, mm, is there anyone in How do you feel about that? Have you well, seen my, that shit? Oh, oh, fucking dame. That's why I'm just left, right. I'm doing the dances here, man. 
it's the legacy. <laughs> it's it's what what has the intent been? What has the action been over a period of time? You know, that's the drive. That's proof to me. Anyone can jump on the bandwagon, and there's so many bandwagon yeah, but riders there people, there right are, now. There, there are people that are actually doing that. Yeah, what do you mean? Because it's it happens in the, the micros bandwagon. by yourself, right? As what do you well. mean? People that are doing what? Just like, as in, I've seen so many fucking panels and talks. Agreed. When they're putting someone up there for a quick win because they happen to be a POC, just yeah. because your skin colours right thing doesn't person. mean what you're, you're the right person for it. You yeah. know, it's but it's driven also by numbers. And it's like, yeah. if what you're dishing out is actually you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but you're a popular person that's actually worse and more fucking harmful i think i think there's something to be added to to this and um it's that the the lazy thing is assuming that there's only one poc in that field or has that expertise so they and uh, then the other camp that i worked at was on the on the on the west coast and i remember thinking no there's no like POC counselors here and we have lots of children of color what's the issue and one of the HR people that I think I can't remember what her role was but she was senior was like you know we just don't get them like applying we don't have that many like POC counselors and I was like bull fucking shit because they're out there you don't actually if your issue is that you want um counselors that have particular qualifications you've already created the barrier that is going to sift out a lot of people within the community that might not be um qualified Mm. on paper and qualified on paper is in itself a european thing um to be qualified on paper to do something well does not equal that you're going to do something well of course, I caveat this by saying, you know, there's there's things that you can do like DBS checks and whatnot. But if someone is a community educator for 20 years but doesn't have an official teaching qualification, does that make that person less um, able or a- accessible in that space? So what does the idea of an expert look like when you're sitting on a panel? And have you actually done enough research? Or if you're identifying there's not enough POC in that space, then maybe a lot of the work needs to be groundwork. If we don't have enough gaffers that are brown, then maybe we need to start taking on assistants and train so them this up. Is, this is the thing, Elvis. And I don't think enough people really want to take that extra work. 100% on. because it's, it's like actual labour. I have been doing it's that. It's actual labour. It takes time. It's, it's, and that's what my response is to that And time is money woman. as well. And yeah. time, time is, is money. money. Although in the it's the long game versus the short game, right? And 100%. that's what we're talking about. The smash that's and grab. It. Like, I just yeah. want to be there. We just want to put someone up for aesthetics. Versus, do you know what I actually think? <laughs> and the reason why I push back against this, yeah, is because diversity and brown people or black people in a space, we're not going anywhere. People have been speaking about the South Asian wave, yeah, as like, oh, but it's it might be a trend, and that's I think that is a real fear and a valid fear, right? But it's a it's a valid fear to have because of the way we've been treated as POC in the in the you know, and even as South Asian people ten years ago in the UK, there was definitely a spike, and then it's dipped, and now this other spike is happening. I think the difference is is a lot of us are in spaces where we're actually. uh, orchestrating, you know, where we are the directors, yeah. where the commissioners, where the, you know, where the talent scouts, all of that kind of stuff, and that means that we're going to be here for a lot longer. Uh, some of our friends, I get so excited when some of my friends get leases on on property, like if they're opening up a shop or a cafe, because it, to me it reads as we're it's not another space. Yeah, yeah it's another space that, that exactly, well. and yeah, so. Yeah. Yes, you can say control as well. Ownership is a is a big thing. So when you're when you're being a director on set and you're able to actually pick your crew, flex. Yeah, you can flex a bit. Yeah, you can say. But what's nice is that, especially in my field, music slash photography slash film, there's enough people now that I can say, do you know what? I know a spark that's actually a queer woman of color, or actually know someone who. Is people ask me all the time, do you know like a DOP who is also oh, a black woman? For I, example? I, need to jump, I need to jump in here because this has been happening in the last four different shoots that I've worked on. And like within my realm of having creative input, like sometimes I get to pick talent, sometimes I work with a casting director, sometimes it's the 
the the creative director but one thing that i'm seeing is these late again and it's related to like that what i just talked about was like maybe putting certain people up to talk about diversity another thing is like a performative thing so oh we need we need to have a black person or a asian person for this thing but it's the same fucking person because it's like it's a quick win it's lazy and that fucking jars me so much and i've Mm. and what's frustrating is i push back on it a lot and I've ultimately not. Diversify your diversity. It's almost as though we need a directory. Moving on. I mean, that was in my. <laughs> um, I mean, that, this yeah. is what we're gonna. We're, well, we're building it all in it. We're doing a bloody labour and we're gonna keep doing it. But can someone else? also do it and that's the thing as well what happens if we we keep on being asked yeah to do the work so like when, why can't they have their oh five God, people yeah. that they that tick those boxes because it is important i do think it's important on particular sets or projects yeah. to have experts in the field or at least consult even if the yeah. person is not um qualified in a role have them on as a consultant and you, like, then you have the input and you don't get like those, wow, I didn't even finish the sentence. I said, you get the input and then like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> your, your, your brain's ended up. Wait, really Matt Albers, are, you just, uh, are you just like um, planting a smart um, income stream for us in the pod? <laughs> no, How's that an income actually, stream? there's a middle man. That's where I, my lights ticked off. I was like, wait. Yeah, I know it. your business brain's p- popping off. I've even got thoughts here. <laughs> do you? I mean, do you say, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Okay. It's all listen. We, you know, we're fully emergent. So, what's going to emerge <laughs> off the back of this? Also, I think the title of this episode can be a rant about diversity. <laughs> because really, in truth. <laughs> The silence made me laugh. Because <laughs> that's what it is. At the moment. Like, like, his work, his post-production work, easier by trying to land it. Ruben's trying to land it now so you don't have to do any work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to contextualise that, people... No, to contextualise that for our listeners, like we've all got different roles when it comes to putting out an episode. And I usually start ideating on potential titles and then I bring yeah. it to the table and then we cut the fat and we end up on something. But oh, who's Closing they my think gaps I'm... on this on this doc, bruv. Me, it's frustrating. No, me for do you know what? Because they're... <laughs> so we've got a doc up as well. Let me keep contextualizing. No, you guys yeah. are forgetting about no, the listeners. Wait. wait, it's because yeah, the reason why the gap project, wow. The reason why the gaps are there is because they're um sort of beginning, <laughs> middle, and end of questions. So like oh, the okay. last what sorry, I should have labeled them correctly. But um the <laughs> but be, like Ruben, finish <laughs> off your thoughts. Sorry, I was just yeah, like I'm not even on the sheet because <laughs> okay. I'm present. Guys. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ruben's, Ruben's present, Ruben's present yeah. and he's got thoughts. So that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but right, we've got about what is it I'm assuming like 10 10 minutes left yeah i'd say five five minutes all right so i do think going back to the beginning of the chat i do think we should do a second and even maybe have an ongoing chat about this because this is really future thinking right and bring in taz please right so that was going to be my thing i was going to say i'd love to get on taz and there's a few other people after taz that maybe could help us develop this narrative because we've just scratched the surface and what by that we've started with our own experiences (laughs) well we've explored right we've explored this is to anyone listening this is like actually the process of the topic conversations we think a lot about the language that we use to to move to get the idea across of what the episodes actually are and what processes we went through so we're looking at in between rants and explorations and uh yeah man i think we've ended up on a lot of rage which is good that's Mm. what that's the difference of having speaking to two other people that at least try to understand where it is that you're coming from because then it's mm. oh um Almas, she ranted so much that zencaster locked oh her off oh my man. god just zencaster looking at her, her audio by. thing it just looked like she flatlined um, <laughs> <laughs> this is who's tapping in on zencaster like listening to Almas and trying to silence her you know i'm back all right, so all right, Almas is back from the sunken place in cyberspace, being flatlined. Um, welcome I'm back. I'm alive. Almas. I'm all right. Thank you. Oh, I, have, I was really you in the throes a... of it all. Like I was yeah. landing on stuff. 
The government are after me, bruv. Yeah, yeah. Mad really, thing. Um, no, I'm back. I'm, and I have had a... Well, I didn't have a breath because I was like, wait, what, what, what? What's going on? What's yeah, going yeah, on? trying to get back into the room. Got yeah. Um, <laughs> what, um, <laughs> this reminds me of, you know, in Lion King, yeah? Deception and outrage, disgrace, for sure. I can't remember that. I don't know. Oh, really. oh shit. Um, where's Aaron? He's yeah, outside boxing me. off the episode already. He started his processes. No, okay. You can hear Aaron's, me. Yeah, yeah, but no, you're I've, mad I've low, bro. On. Sorry, I got to jump on productions, man. Oh, you got to right, just... <laughs> Production. Production. All right, right Alice, how right. can we conclude this? All right, so I just had a this question. This rant right? about diversity. Fam, it's not <laughs> a rant. <laughs> Um, or part it's partly a rant, maybe part, partly is impressive. That's it, part rant about diversity. Yeah. But the reason why is because rant then minimizes the chat, I think. Like, it just because we actually have had like we've navigated like solid okay, I get discussion. You. I, get you. The, I just feel rant people would is... actually like to listen to that. Do you know Rants what? Maybe, yeah, it's like it's I don't know what it is, but like discussion and rage. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, why don't we just give them the diversity, the, the, the diverse approach of this topic? We've spoken lots of different mm. ways. Mm. Um, right, but my question was, by 2045, um, with, a pro- with a product of like crossover culture, globalization, tech um, advancements, what they're saying is in America, um, the white community will be in the minority and everyone's moving towards mixed heritage. Um, Can and we just pause on that for around. a second? Go in on. 20 what? 45 in 2045 which is just down the road 24 years we'll still be in america white people will be the minority and where is this information from um uh the u.s will become this is bookings.edu it's an education website um and the author is william h frey who writes on who's an author on diversity and this post was Last updated on September 10th, 2018, with the census revisions of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, this guy, William H. Frey, is a senior fellow of the Metropolitan Policy Program. Sounds all very official. And he's know. white. He's a white man. He's a white man. The fact man. that we don't know is the biggest problem here. Yeah, he's um, a, he's a, he's actually a white man. I can see. Um, so, <laughs> so the picture of him. He says new census population projections confirm the importance importance of racial minorities as the primary demographic of the nature, nation's future growth, countering an aging, slow growing, and soon to be declining white population. Um, now, my question really is. Um, at, we'll still be alive so we're going to be in our 50s and 60s mm. and in our lifetime we have seen so many advancements and changes across social and political political matters um, tech, education and so on, the arts and whatnot. think about what your 60 year old or 50 year old self is going to feel once we've hit that space, does it matter? What what do we think? Oh, what do we feel, Aaron? Aaron, what's your fifty-five-year-old self feeling right now? Do you look around and realize that white people are the minority? Also, I'd I'd say that it's white people are the minority in all people of color. So it's Hispanic, Black, Asian, multiracial, um, and ambiguously raced people all collectively. Make up will make up like sort of fifty one percent. So the majority is mixed. I don't know. I think I I think it would be. I actually think it would be a good good place. I think people Mm. would just hopefully be more curious and connected to different to different ways of life and cultures and and ways of being. Um, Yeah. And hopefully there's less there's less separation and there's more. a space where just people feel more comfortable being their fullest selves in whatever way that is. Mm. So yeah, yeah. That's, cause essentially, I am a glass half full guy. So I think that's what we try. That's what I'm trying to work towards. So I wouldn't be trying to work towards something that I thought was a shitter future. So yeah, yeah I think it would be better, definitely. 
um, for everyone involved, even white people. And, and maybe that's the thing that they're struggling to see um, because they've had life in a specific way. But it doesn't necessarily mean when they're the minorities that it's going to be worse. There's just mm. different possibilities of connecting with people and when everyone feels when 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 you're living in a world of fear uh, without fear it can only be a more fruitful place to live in right for everyone mm -hmm. in a culture of lack, lack of fear i i feel that change change is so incremental that sometimes it can't be measured unless you take a step back and you look at two points in time right so by that time it would have probably been so normalized that i wouldn't be like oh my god look where we are it would have just incrementally happened right but if i was to compare it i would probably compare the me now to the future self and be like oh we would never thought this would happen but obviously it's ended up like this um and i hope to feel I hope to feel in then that I'd hope to feel more connected to human beings and more connected yeah. to the human experience, regardless of differences, which I'm starting to feel now because of some of the niche, niche spaces I am, I'm in. But I hope that, that will be the general experience for the vast majority of people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um... I think, I feel, no, my question actually is we talk, we talk a lot about comfort and this is probably the question that can maybe start off the next ep, but my thing is uh, we talk about comfort and um, that we're reading the majority of um, POC people meaning a more collaborative maybe or fun place, safe place, comfortable space. The question it leads me to is, why is it that even with white people as the majority, it's an uncomfortable space? So imagine a world where America stayed like majority white and we weren't uncomfortable with that. Um, or they, they didn't make it uncomfortable. Like, it's the whole point about diversity has been to infiltrate these spaces because I suppose we haven't been seen or felt comfortable or safe. And yeah, the, when you was Aaron, when you were thinking about when you were projecting over to like 2045, I was thinking raw, like imagine if the majority white people are still going to be in the majority in the sense that all of us collectively make up the 51%, but they still will take up 49 and why why can't that be a an okay thing it's almost like a win um yeah that was it really that was like my last thought i was thinking wow these spaces the real reflection here is like why is diversity really needed and is it because mm -hmm. what we need to unpack is what we need to be doing less and what white spaces need to be doing more is making us feel comfortable so we don't have to fight for diversity because actually, it wouldn't matter if I was like, Sorry, I really have to go. I've got a call. <laughs> oh, shit, it's 10 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just it wouldn't matter if we um, had to be, uh, it wouldn't matter if you were the only brown person in the room if people made you feel seen and celebrated. Mm. Um, thank you so, so much the, for the chat, man. It's all right, man, if you're thanking me. Um, <laughs> maybe the episode is called This Is Not a Rant About Diversity. <laughs> yeah 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 and that will make people press play hopefully that's it, that's it. yeah 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 um all right cool thank you so much this i've i'm energized man mm. this I'm, was sick I'm stimulated both. i've got more questions but it's, i need to get some breakfast so. can't wait for the next the next iteration of this so stay tuned what is this behavior so we went into this episode planning to discuss how we'd feel once our whole team was brown and the world would be brown but we ended up actually trying to understand what diversity actually means to each of us, realising we're actually just scratching the surface and probably what we want are some guest experts in on the chat. So watch this space, it's going to get very interesting, it's going to get chunky 
and we're doing the work to get deeper understanding, which is why I think we ended up quite charged, which to me is a good sign of stimulating chat, passion and collaboration. Or what do you think? Is it a rant? As Ruben said, is it a debate? Are we closer to understanding what diversity is? And what future do you want to live in? Hit us up on IG at what is this behavior podcast, Twitter at WITB underscore podcast, and the same on TikTok at WITB underscore podcast. You can also donate to help us keep our podcast going via Ko-fi, the link of which you can find on the whatisthisbehaviorpodcast.com website. And please do rate us on Apple Podcasts. We love to see the love. Until our next episode in two weeks' time, stay blessed, stay active, and thank you for joining Aaron, Ruben, and I as we explore our South Asian identities through conversation and community. Boom. What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it! <laughs>